What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have Anthony Allred, Director of Talent Relations at Complex. How are you doing, Anthony? I am doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. Hanging in there. You know, East Coast time, so it's towards the end of the day. And I know you're in L.A., so it's like midday for you still, but it's Friday, so. Exactly. I've got a lot more data to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's everything going? How's your day going so far? Everything is everything is great. You know, we're, we're uh, we have complex con right around the corner, so that's keeping me busy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, everything is wonderful. Yeah, complex con LA or New York? Which one is that? Oh, complex con is in Long Long Beach. Long Beach, that's right. So it is LA. Perfect. Oh, so that's going to keep you busy. That's like Hot ninety seven Summer Jam busy. Oh, almost. oh yeah. This is this is our Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it gonna who who are you gonna have this? Uh, what's what's it gonna look like this year? Um, well, we have Aesop Rocky performing. Mm-hmm. We have some other surprises. It'll be a, li- a bit more intimate this time, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll still, you know, we'll have people that represent the culture for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, now, break down on who Anthony Allred is and your start and growing up and everything. Oh, okay. Uh, Anthony Allred is a kid from Queens, New York, mm-hmm. um, South Jamaica, Queens, to be specific. Mm-hmm. Went to Addison High School, uh, interned at BET. Uh, that's kind of where I got my start. Of course, this is after college. I went to Brooklyn College, mm-hmm. as well as Coppin State University in Baltimore. Um, so anyway, I, I got my start interning at BET for, for 106 and Park and um, moved up to producer of the show until it went off the air mm-hmm. in 2014. Uh, from there, I moved to L.A., I worked uh, for Diddy's company, Revolt. I was producing mm-hmm. Revolt Live mm-hmm. for them. And then uh, I also started booking talent while doing that show as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, Jamaica, Queens. I actually, when I go to New York, I actually stay in Forest Hills. So it's not, not too far off. Oh, not far at all. I got a lot of people in Forest Hills. Mm-hmm. But uh, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. All good. So I did Revolt uh, with producing there. And then, you know... A, Started booking talent a little bit. We had a talent team, so they was handling that. But uh, I got my foot in the door a little bit there. Moved back to New York, went back to BET, um, fully in the talent department with them. And I was there from 2017 to 2019. uh, 2019. And then 2019, I started at Complex. Had a a brief intermission this year. The, the team at Network, but I am back at Complex, um, leading the talent department. I'm I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. I actually interviewed a Kalal. Was his name from Complex? I think he he handles and he's in the East Cal. Coast. Cal, yeah, yeah. Cal. Mm-hmm. I actually interviewed him from Complex. So I, I, and I also have a good friend of mine, Heather, who used to work for Complex. I don't know. Heather V. Yeah, Heather. Yep, Heather V. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I'm very I'm very in tune with complex for sure for sure. Now you mentioned 106 and Park. Yeah, now, that was way after like AJ and Free, right? Yeah. So I, when I was doing it, it was uh, Terrence and Roxy. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? It was amazing. I would say that BET is always going to be family for me. Of course, that's where I got my start. But from the staff to the to the host, like everyone just treated me so well and taught me so much. And, um, you know, everyone, you know, was nostalgic about AJ and Free. And, of course, I love them. I grew up watching the show. Mm-hmm. But the uh, uh, Terrence and Roxy held it down, too. The ratings were 
off the chain with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of great moments that we did together. And I'm, I'm, I'm luckily I'm still friends with, you know, both of them and, um, all, all of the staff. Keep keeping afloat. Yeah. Cause I remember people weren't too sure at first, but then Terrence, you know, with his talent and then, you know, Roxy, they, yeah, they just kept it going and it just continued on and on and on. And then speaking of BT, Rap City came out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> you know? it was like, yeah. wait, that, that was pretty nostalgic as well. Did you end up watching that at all or? I didn't get to catch it. I have to catch it because I know a lot of dope people worked on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also close with Tigger. So I definitely have to catch it. I was um, having dinner with my team when the Hip Hop Awards came on in Rap City. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, know. you also mentioned uh, you went to Baltimore for a little bit as well, correct? Yes, for college. Yeah. How, how was that transition for you, New York to Baltimore? Because it's a completely different vibe. It's, it's a totally different vibe. Um, it was cool. You know, Baltimore's rough. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't uh, ready for that necessarily, but um, you know I have a lot of fond memories going to an HBCU. I recommend it to anybody, whether you're black or not. Um, that was a great choice on my behalf, um, and I love every minute of it. I only stayed there for one year, um, but I love Baltimore. I, I transferred just because I changed my major not anything against, you know, the school. I still consider myself an alumni there, even though I didn't graduate from that school. But, um, yeah, so I love Baltimore. I love the, the downtown, the harbor. Like, mm-hmm. I love when I hear people say two. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a much love for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And the crab cakes, of course. Of course. And, and just the whole DMV. You talk mm-hmm. about D.C. and then you can't compare D.C. to P.G. County. Like, I know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And then obviously Baltimore uh, Beat Club or Club. I forgot what it's called. Baltimore Club Music. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, they, there, was, there was this one song that was popular. It was like, dance my pain away. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I got a problem. That was my joint. I'm mm-hmm. going and then obviously you mentioned DC, the DMV area, the go-go obviously came along oh, with yeah. it as well. I, you know what? I was a hater for go-go when I first heard it. I'm like, what is this noise? But I quickly fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 um, it's, yeah, it kind of takes, it, 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 it takes a little while to get used to it, especially not from the area. Like an, yeah, it's almost like an acquired taste, but mm-hmm. once you're there long enough and you're around it, like you can't help but beat your feet to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, because I, I'm not from here, you know, I'm from Europe, so like I've mentioned this a ton of times here. So when I heard uh, the the go go, I was like, "What is this? Like drums in the pans?" And it, mm-hmm. it was just, but then you you kind of get to know Chuck Brown and the whole system and the whole like the whole vibe to it. So you kind of just learn. And then Amory was actually the first one to actually make it right. mainstream, mainstream. Yep. With uh, uh, even realized it's go go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I mentioned before, Crazy in Love, Beyonce's has go-go in it. Hmm. I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Because it's from the producer that's from DC. I forgot his name. I always forget his name. It's like Richard or Richie or something like Richard Miller, I think. Richie Miller or something like that. You're gonna have to do our research and get that. Yeah, Reggie, something like that. But yeah, it was like if you listen closely, you could hear the little you could hear it you could hear it and but it's faster with yeah. a marie's song uh it's just one thing it's a complete like you could hear the whole go-go yeah. thing yeah very blatant 
Mm-hmm. Very blatant. Now, growing up in, in, in New York, who were some of your like inspirations of growing up, like music wise or people wise? Oh, well, my inspiration people wise would have to be my mother. Uh, she was a single mother with two kids working in the education system. So one, she made sure that we was always on top of our grades, um, but we never needed anything. I didn't realize we didn't really have money uh, in the beginning because everything I asked for, I had. So yeah, she's, my mother's definitely my my biggest inspiration. Um, in regards to like music, Diddy was big for me. Mm. Diddy was big and of course Biggie nods like everyone from from New York was really holding it down and still holding it down um but yeah you know Puff was all in the videos and I wanted to be on the videos too <laughs> dancing all in the videos dancing exactly <laughs> yeah so I mean then you got to work with him after a while you know that was a complete like 364 yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, I really would say, like, you know, I've had multiple dreams come true, and I, I'm truly blessed in that way. Um, first, you know, being a fan of 106 and Park, and then being able to actually produce the show, and then then working with Diddy and Under Revolt and everything the incredible people over there are doing. Like, I really, yeah, I've really been blessed in that way. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't around too much at the time when I was working there. Um, when he did come, you definitely knew he was in the building and, you know, he, he had an input in the show that I was working on and, mm-hmm. you know, we kept, we kept it moving. Mm-hmm. What's something you learned working at 106 M Park that you still apply today at Complex? Um, it is possible. You would think that, you know, there's a lot of politics involved in every industry, right? But especially in, in music and entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and people will say, like, oh, well, we can't do this in the show. Yeah, you can. Or oh, we can't get this talent. Yeah, you can. You just got to figure out the best way to do it. I've learned in this industry, literally anything is possible. It's not always about throwing money at it, but it's really about being creative um, and figuring out a, a system that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's, especially since it's a, it's a it's a congested industry, too. It's so congested. But it also moves so fast that your creativity has to be. Yeah, this. everything everything does does move fast. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is learning how to problem solve. Right, if you can mm-hmm. do that, then you can achieve anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maintain relationships, obviously, and understanding the, oh, the talent. That is key. That is key. And I think uh, you know, transitioning from a producer to a talent booker, um, it was because I was able to handle myself so well when I was prepping talent for 106 and Park and they would want to, you know, work with me. Um, the talent team would tell me, oh, they love working with you. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, do something in talent. And mm-hmm. it was a few years later, but, you know, I just activate those same skills and one, make sure the talent's comfortable. But two, more importantly, before you get to the talent, they're reps and making sure that, you know, you're a man or a woman of your word. Mm-hmm. Um if you promise something, you deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a key thing. That's like a major, major key thing. Like delivering and on time, your your run your turnaround time. Because me as a photographer, having worked in the industry for a little bit with certain talents, like the my it made my turnaround time very quick. As opposed to like, oh, I give it to you, I give I can give this product to you in a week. 
my turnaround time changed from that to like, I can give this product to you either the same day or two day turnaround. Yeah. Depending on the project that it is like, if I were to do something for the Grammys, uh, you can't, you can't send something from the Grammys the week after because it died down already. Yeah. You know, it's just one, it's just one of those. And so what's inspired you to be in the entertainment industry? Um, well, initially I wanted to be an English teacher. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um, that's what I went to Compton state in Baltimore for, for English. Um, and then I wanted to be a reporter and that's how I got into television and radio. Mm-hmm. But what inspired me to really stick it in, in entertainment is when I interned at BET. And it just like the reporting stuff went out the window and I couldn't see myself doing anything mm-hmm. outside of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Now, having, you know, being an executive producer and, and creative executive, do you do you find yourself sometimes maybe wanting to to write a movie or like, Make make something out of that as a like get into the director's chair at all? No, I don't think I don't think that's for me. Um, I, and I have my one of my closest friends, Nika. She's the director, and she's killing it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I, I see myself more being like a CEO of a, a studio or of a company mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Now that I have you know I have talent and producing under my belt, um, literally I could bring anything to life. Mm-hmm. Well, I see myself making decisions that way, not really in the directing area of film. What's but, your favorite part about it? Like being an executive and behind the scenes on that? Um, I love the rush of a fast pace, especially in a, in a live environment. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about live is once it's done, it's done. There's no edits. There's no going back. Like it's over. It's out in the world and people are viewing it and accepting it as what it is mm-hmm. um, so that's that's what i love about live content um pre-produced content you know there's a lot of back and forward in that and and to me it takes the rush out of it but if the content is compelling enough and and the stories that you get to tell um that's pretty dope too mm-hmm. yeah especially like like live like when you see like a like a wendy williams for example having an episode on on yeah. on it was like, wait, that wasn't supposed. That wasn't supposed to happen. So it's like, it's very scarce when it's live. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. It's, it's very, scary, very, but it is what it is. Like when we were doing one of in Park, we had a live audience. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. can't control hundreds of people that's in there. Yes, we have security, but security activates after the fact. Something has to happen for security to jump in, right? Exactly. Yep. So you know, there was some live moments that was caught on TV. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. tell any secrets, but you know, always a good time. Oh, yeah, always. I mean, that's the beauty about the entertainment. You never know. You yeah. never know. You're walking into like, what is gonna, what's today gonna bring? And then it's on live TV and BET at that. You know, it's on a prominent network at that. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's it's yeah, it's 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 one of those things. But you gotta love it though. If you're not, if you don't love it, it's not for you. You got it, and you also gotta be a little crazy to mm-hmm. be in entertainment. You gotta have a little tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah for but, sure yeah because so many things get thrown thrown at you mm-hmm. especially like one bet but even being at the top digital media company complex everybody wants to be a part of it um and you gotta you know try to make it work mm-hmm. what what do you what in based on your experience what do you think the pros and cons are uh, on that uh being being at the top yeah um 
the pros and cons. The the pros is that you have so much visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you can step in any room. You hold weight in, in almost any conversation. Um, but sometimes people can feel like because you're so big, you you, you lose your authenticity. Mm-hmm. You become quote unquote Hollywood, um, which is a, a a dance we have to play. You know, I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard that about complex, but also we have. Um, you know, series within the know called Making It, and we're highlighting up and coming musicians. And so we we kind of balance everything. Um, but that's it. And then, you know, the bigger you are, the more people going to come after you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a con, but it's also a pro. That's how you know you're on the top. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have haters, right? If you don't have haters, you're not working hard enough. Exactly that. Your haters are your elevators, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's what the people say. Mm-hmm. Were you at Complex when like Joe Budden was working there and stuff like that? Did you experience that motion? No, I missed the Joe Budden season. Mm. I missed that. Yeah. That was like a highlight and a half for Complex. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely a moment um, with everyday struggle. But, you yeah. know, the team, even when he he departed, the team kept elevating the show and, and uh, that that show had a great one. Had a, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think Wayno came into play after. Wayno yeah, and, and, and he a bunch definitely of, added new flavor to it. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Shout out to Wayno. Um, yeah. Outside of the entertainment industry, what are some hobbies you like to do? Um, I love, well, you said outside. I was about to say movies, but that's still entertainment. <laughs> I, I love to travel. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very spiritual, so oftentimes I'm with my church family back in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm I'm big on my Christian faith. So I'm always talking about what what God has done for me and mm-hmm. how He works in my life. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really it. I'm I'm big on family as well. I take multiple trips a year with my family. Um, um, I have more family friends than friend friends, but my friend friends are also important to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, just spending time with people when you can mm-hmm. and being in this pandemic made it a, a bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as people get vaccinated and we start to come out of it a bit, it starts to bring back, you know, mm-hmm. things that you've missed over this year. Yeah. How did you handle the, the COVID and everything? How was that for you when you first started? Was it a little bit of a struggle, especially working in the entertainment industry or were, did you acclimate really quick? I certainly didn't acclimate really quick. It was it was scary for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one, not knowing what this disease is and how many it's affecting everyone around the world, and then you know companies started shutting down, and we didn't know what the you know the future was complex was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then pivoting content from being in studio to being on on a video chat platform. It was a lot. Also, you know, people dying and family and friends that you know were. It was it was a lot. It was a bit overwhelming, but mm-hmm. you know, just about tapping my faith and with prayer and and perseverance, you get through it. Um, mm-hmm. The creative people at at Complex was able to turn our content virtual very quickly and still be successful in that format. You know, luckily for us, we were already digital, so yep. it's not like the platform changed. It's just how we actually produced and. Mm-hmm. You know, I give credit to everyone that I work beside to making it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, when I mentioned the hobbies, you mentioned movies. What movies do you like to watch? As like a, I like action, mm-hmm. and sometimes I like horror. It depends mm-hmm. on the actual movie because some horror movies are corny. Yeah, yeah. 
but I like I like action, and I really try to support um, black films specifically. Mm-hmm. What are your top five films? Oh my god, uh, The Avengers. Nice. Okay. Probably all of them. So that's mm-hmm. like three. Uh, I like what oh, the Lion King. Don't judge me, but the Lion King is powerful. Yep, it is. No, there's no judgment there. Um, oh, I said the Avengers already. That's that's my joint right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Purge series. Okay, nice. I like that. And then like Jonathan Family Vacation, that's a throwback, but that's like Bow Wow and Cedric the Entertainer and mm-hmm. Salon and that. Mm-hmm. But that's like fun cookout movies. I nice. like the, I like I like Medea too. Nice. I like all the Medea movies. And so play. it seems it seems like you like franchises a lot. Yeah, Fast and Furious. I don't know how I forgot that. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about Fast and Furious? <laughs> I was gonna, because that's like action packed. You know, it, yeah. it started it started off as a racing thing, and then it just became an action packed. They totally yeah. fucked the gravity. Like they said, fuck gravity. We're gonna right do this exactly. Movie. I like. I think it's just too many now. Now I'm getting tired. Mm-hmm. Of the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, but yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Did, did, how do you feel about The Rock replacing, you know, the whole? Um, wow, why am I spacing out the one that passed away? Uh, oh yeah, um, I know you're talking about. Why am I spacing? Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't move me much. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. I mean, yeah. you can't ever really replace anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Walker, that was his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really replace anyone. So, you know, I'm glad it wasn't done in that vein as if it was a replacement. It was just a continuation, but it was cool. Oh, I also like Transformers. I'm going to end up naming movies all day. Yeah. (laughs) Transformers is crazy, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're definitely into franchises for sure. So, are you like into like the whole, are you like into the whole like fantasy franchises like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or any of that? Nope, that's a bit far from me. I mm-hmm. want it to almost be believable. Once you start throwing magic in there, nah. um, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. The only magical film that I would say is my top is Hocus Pocus. And of course, this is around Halloween. Uh, and I hear the remake. I don't know what the remake's going to look like, but I'm a huge fan of Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing a lot of remakes nowadays. They're, throwing, they're definitely bringing back some of the 90s and 80s back. Yeah, I don't know if they should though. No, leave leave some the classics just, be classics. Yeah, yeah. some things just belong with. They were. Yeah. Watch them over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how I felt about Space Jam coming back. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it yet. I heard mixed reviews. Mm. Um, but again, I was a fan of the original. Yeah, yeah. I just watched it and I was like, no, I t- I turned it off like maybe ten minutes in. Oh, that's that was, the, that was like, what is this? Like the lighting, the 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 way it was shot, the cinematography. It was like this feels too cheesy. That's a different level of not liking something when you have to turn it all the way off. Yeah, it's one thing to like fall asleep. That means you kept trying to watch it, but you saying you had to turn it off. It, yeah, there was awful. a certain. It was it was Don Cheadle. He said a certain line in there. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm turning this off. Well, listen, were you comparing it to the original? I was not trying to, but it's hard not to. I, but you have to. So even the same for me with, like, Coming to America, 
Mm-hmm. I like the the remake. I like Coming to America, the second part, because I wasn't trying to compare it to the first one. Yeah. So you have to give it its own shot, especially when it's years apart. Like it can't, it can't be compared. Yeah. You so I would say like the Fast and Furious, you can, because they were coming one after the other. Mm-hmm. Back but to back. These, those two movies, like Space Jam and Coming to America, were so far apart yeah. that it's almost unfair to... Uh, compare them yeah what was like coming to america was like 30 years apart yeah that? something like that. 30 and then space jam was like 25 years apart something like yeah. that 26 years apart yeah, yeah it's a whole new generation maybe it wasn't for you yeah i'm <laughs> not nah, nah, i was like pass on this like i was like nah change this shit and I, I don't know what else i started watching but i was like i'm not watching this i started watching like a disney thing like a star wars or something like that gotcha um, yeah i was like nah, i'm not into that but um now, the next question is, if your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks would you pick? Oh. If my life had a soundtrack, what songs would would, would be on there? Yeah, what songs would be on there? Three tracks or five, however many. Um, Usher, Caught Up. Mm, nice. Because I think at one point, like, I was feeling myself a bit much in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you can quickly be humbled, and I was humbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? This is hard. This is really hard. Soundtrack. Um, Champagne Life by Neo. Nice. Okay. That's a, that's a celebration song. I think that's. That's where I am in my in my career now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give one more. So like caught up with like the middle. Champagne life is now at the beginning. Um, now I gotta look at my phone. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Now I gotta. Like for me, the Victoria the the victorious one would be Rock Boys by Jay Z. Okay. Just because of the, the the beat, like every time I used to, every time I used to win at something, or like if I lost something around the house and I found it, I would just whistle that. Mm. And then my friend was like, "That's your victory song." I was like, "You think?" He's like, "Yeah," because every time you win or do something that's like winnable, that's what you whistle. I'm like, "Hmm," and I thought about it. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that that makes sense." Okay, I think I got successful by Drake. Nice. Okay. Okay. That was the goal coming out of college and starting, you know, that was my mantra. I want to be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are what I do. Those are great songs. Yeah. Those are, especially Usher's Caught Up. That just brought me back a little bit. Yeah. 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 What year was that? What year? That was like 2008, 2009? Caught Up? Yeah. No, Caught Up was way earlier than that. Um, Let's see. Was it 2005? Am I tripping? No, it can't be. Caught Up by Usher was 2004, Confessions. Yeah, 2004, 2005. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that album, I can talk about the Confessions album all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who would you like to see Usher go against in the verses? Nobody. You don't see Usher goes against Usher. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, everybody wants to say Chris Brown. Yes, that makes sense. I get it. Um, 
And I think that Usher's confessions alone wins the battle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect to Chris Brown. He's incredibly talented. But when you talk about a, a body of work, um, quality of, of vocals, there's not a lot that can touch yeah. Usher. Yeah, that, that album was was something else. If anything, I would say I would put, you know, only because of circumstances, I would put Chris with Beyonce. Really? I mean, I, I can't put Michael with Beyonce. No, you can't. No, you can't. So that. after that, I would put just for the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. That's where both of them are comparable. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to compare vocals. I'm not doing any of that because I don't want anybody's teams to come after me. But <laughs> yeah. song a song, R&B and pop and all of that, I think they're uh, more aligned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people got to stop doing that whole um, Dr. Dre needs to be doing a versus versus Diddy. I think that's not comparable at all. No. I think that, that's, the, like you're, that's a little bit reaching. I mean, I get it because producers, but... No, I interviewed somebody that works really closely with Dr. Dre and he personally told Dre, it's like, there's no reason for you to do this. There's no, you're way too big for this. And then next, it was the same day as the Super Bowl thing was announced. Yeah. So I I don't like when people say people are too big for things. I don't think anyone is too big for anything. mm -hmm. Um, I just think it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, yeah, I don't believe in being too big for anything. Too big. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, you can be humbled very easily. Very easy and very quickly. Yeah, this industry this industry will teach you that in a mm-hmm. heartbeat. You're either going to fall off or you're going to bounce back from the humbleness. So Exactly. It's one of those. Um, elaborate a bit on uh, All Red Media and the mission behind it. Yeah, so All Red Media is a, is a company I started in 2015 when I um, moved out to California. It's, it's really where I hope all of everything that I do will mm-hmm. live under kind of like a rock nation with management. And I think that they're getting into content and also a label. Um, so any like production that I do is under the all red media umbrella. Um, I also manage the Grammy nominated walls group. So any work that I do with them, um, the gospel group is underneath the all red media umbrella. Nice. Um, I, you know, I also work with some rappers as well that I, you know, consult with and and manage that's under the same umbrella. Um, so as I say, I, I want to be a CEO. I am the CEO of that company. But when it becomes larger, um, I want to c- kind of want to use all my skill sets underneath mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, umbrella. Okay. So, yeah, like you mentioned, like a rock nation, which is like a management almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's management. It's a label. Oh, yeah. It's sports yeah. agency, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Sports agency, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and that's I haven't tapped into sports heavy yet on my own. Obviously, I work with a lot of athletes and agencies through Complex, but um, that's something I'll uh, eventually at some point pull into mm-hmm. all red media as well. Mm-hmm. Now, having worked with like talents and 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 stuff like that, brand to brand partnerships versus brand to artist partnerships. Uh, what? How do you feel about that? What's your take on that? Um. Brand to brand partnerships versus brand to artist partnerships. Mm-hmm. Brands are going to have 
going to want more control over obviously the content that we're making for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really about what story we're telling. The brands want us to tell us their story using talent. So it's not authentic all the time to the talent. And that's kind of my goal where, where I sit in the middle. I want to make it as authentic as possible between the artist and the brand. Um, but sometimes it gets a little muddy there. Mm-hmm. As much as I love you know, working with brands, um, marrying the two can be a challenge. Um, but I've you know, mastered how to, to bring worlds together. Now, brands to artists is a little more direct. The artists know exactly the story they want to tell. It's mm-hmm. how we tell the story, which is important there. And the platform that we tell it on and, and why it makes sense and and making sure that the, the artists really feel comfortable putting their story in our hands. Mm-hmm. So I, I prefer working more that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it also personally helps me build more relationships. Um, but all of the relationships, either with the brands or with the artists, are, are important. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the bundling and the streaming portion of it? Um, I don't really have an opinion on that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as long as everyone's making money and no one's getting you know, whipped <laughs> off, let's go for it. I, I know there's a lot of conversations about streaming and how much talent gets from that. I just make it fair. And if it's fair, no one has any issues. Yeah. Obviously, the streaming platforms have to make money, but also the artists have to make money because it's their art that is making sure the streaming platforms exist. Yeah. So just make it make sense for everybody. Make it make sense. Yeah. And everybody wins in the end. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like when the billboard took away the build, the uh, bundlings, a lot of artists were kind of mad about that, but then it just it doesn't work for billboard. It doesn't work for this. There's a lot of confusion there, but it's a lot of people were upset about that. When you what bundling? What are you talking about? Like like when you when they were counting the streams with the bundles. Yes, as a bundle, a lot of people were upset about that. Um, I mean, I think that, not my opinion, that that stream should be counted. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a play, whether just because someone, I mean, they did pay for it. They're on someone's platform. Mm-hmm. It's paid for. If they're listening to it, it should be counted. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you said you worked with Diddy, but on and off. Any did, were any advice you got from him, or anything you learned from him that you picked up from him that you take today, or working? Yeah, on I didn't. I didn't work with him directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I can't say I was sitting in the office with him and we had a one-on-one. That that didn't happen. But I think working for his company and and knowing you know everyone having the same mindset, he has a hustler's mindset. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 breaks down into the company as well to get it done almost by any, any means um and that helps a lot when you don't necessarily you know when you're at a startup company and when i was there it was more more very much so startup you don't have as much funding as you know i had when i was at bet so it's like hey you have less but still get it done and make it look fly mm-hmm. and when you can do that like I said, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. So now me going back to bigger companies and, you know, they can't figure out. I said, well, I've done this for less and the content still looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just forces you to be more creative, which is which is incredible. Mm-hmm. You're actually uh, one of the few that's ever said that because I've actually interviewed people that have started that started working with a role when it first started, like Rodney Rakai, 
mm-hmm. uh, Marquetta yep. Moore. Yep. Um, I forgot who else, but they all said the same thing. It's just make it work, make it happen. This is all, yeah. that's all it takes. It's just, and, and that's, if you even look at, if you follow Diddy in his career, like he's been making it work and making it happen. And he's someone to look up to now. Does people, do people have problems? Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, has their issues. Um, but he has had an incredible journey. I'm, I'm grateful that I was a part of it when I was with the revolt family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's still plenty of dope people that work for the company yeah. that I'm friends with. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm proud of, you know, what he has done and, and that I was a part of it. Mm-hmm. I can't forget Andre Harrell as well. He was a major, uh, major key to it. Yeah, absolutely. Andre so, Harrell. I, yeah. R.I.P. to him. R.I.P. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about the, the evolution of Revolt TV. It's crazy to think about it. Like, is it, 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 I forgot who told me one of the, it was either Marquette or, or Rodney were kind of, it's such an intimate teamwork. Oh yeah. It's, it's, you're getting so much done with so little people. And mm-hmm. that again speaks to get it done. You can make it happen. You know, you have companies that have hundreds of people and can't make things shake, mm-hmm. but you know, the smaller the team, the more focused. Yep the ideas are and you attack things harder because you don't have a choice. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think anyone who comes out of it comes out of it better and stronger because of that. Mm -hmm. And And I feel like, go ahead. Yeah. I've known Marquetta for years. She was at BET as well. When I started then Mm -hmm. just watching people like her move, she was in talent relations. I was producing. So, you know, when I started moving into talent relations, I'm watching people like Marquetta. I'm, I'm looking at people like Mercedes at BET and, and Kristen, who was my boss at Complex, but mm-hmm. who's now at Spring Hill with LeBron. Like, I'm watching all of these. Uh, Yomi as well, who was at BET, he's now at Apple. I'm watching all of these people and learning from all of them. And I'm incredible, incredibly happy and proud um, that I've got to work with all of them and learn from them and, mm-hmm. you know, take everything that, that they've taught me to, to, to use where I am now. Mm-hmm. And most of them still live in L.A., which which is a beautiful yeah. thing as well. You guys can catch up anytime you want and just talk about like how you guys build together and stuff like that, which is an amazing thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in a fast paced industry, like us, like we said before. And you know, it, obviously, I I understand why it would be such a small team as well because Diddy likes to have his hands on on everything as well. Mm-hmm. So the 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 less people he talks to, but that are that are effective, the better. Yeah, I mean, you don't need. You, it's, it's like quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You don't need everybody around. Just yeah. the, the hitter, that's going to get it done. Yeah. And the team of our vote, certainly that. I mean, same at Complex and BT. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your thoughts on the digital world today? Uh, that's the world. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not doing things in digital and trying to make it big there, then you're behind the times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's, you know, Still value obviously in radio. There's still value in television, but you have to have a strong digital footprint because one, it's global, um, and two, that's the now when it's the future. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like podcasting is taking over as well. But you, you still need the radio, like you said. But podcasting is kind of taking that over as well. Oh yeah, be, I mean, all of it I, I has value, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you integrate with digital is super important. You know, when when digital first started becoming big, linear was first, TV was first, and then you stream down to 
digital. I can see a place now where digital streams up to TV. Like you look at apps like Netflix, it's digital first, but you watch it on your TV screen. Like that is the future. You have Facebook Watch, you have all, all of these different platforms that are major. And you know, if you talk about viewership and Nielsen ratings and everything, those need to be counted because a large population of people are, are on these platforms, um, even sometimes more than TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Netflix started with what DVDs, and then they moved on to streaming. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, but Disney and all of them kind of came in. And, well, Disney already had a back catalog, so right. Disney, Disney was like, "Oh, we're going to do what you do, but we're going to do a little better because we have a back catalog, and now they own Hulu." Disney was gangster when they jumped into it and like all of our stuff. That's all that everyone else's platforms. Mm-hmm. Nah, and you know they have. I mean, Disney. What has ES, ESPN is underneath them? What ABC? Maybe Hello. not ESPN. All of them. Yeah. ABC. You like they have almost everything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they yeah. knew what they were doing. It's it's nuts. It's like because yeah, once they bought Hulu, they they had control of FX. Yeah. Uh, so then that FX is, was his own entity at one point, which, yeah, it's crazy to think. And it's almost like mon- mon- uh, Monopoly, but not really. And I was just thinking about that, you know, as more companies buy, like, think about what just happened with Facebook. And mm-hmm. because Facebook was down, Instagram was down, WhatsApp was down, like, mm-hmm. maybe we need to think about breaking some of these big companies apart yeah. because you hit one, I mean, and we don't want any company to get hit with like spam or or attacked in any way. Mm-hmm. But if everything is connected to one thing, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at Amazon buying everything. Yeah. yeah, listen, I love Amazon. I'm not gonna talk badly about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not talking bad about it, but it's like it's also like it's gonna come down to what three, four companies in the end. Yes. Like you look at the phone services, Verizon. What do you have? Verizon, T-Mobile, and. AT&T. AT&T, that's it. It used to be Verizon, Sprint, Singular. Yeah. It was yeah. so much, you know what I mean? And all well, of a sudden, some of those comp- I'll say that some of those companies needed to go because their service was not doing Yeah, anything. yeah, I, I can agree yeah. with you there. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're better off with, <laughs> with yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, listen, yeah. I just want uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, just, just keep sending my packages, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna keep Amazon on the good on the good uh, on the good side. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are they problematic? Yes. Obviously, mm-hmm. they they could be treating some of the employees better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep the packages rolling. Yeah. Keep the. Yes. Yeah. I like that same bed delivery. <laughs> I love that same bed delivery because we have a headquarters. We have a headquarters in the DMV. It's like I think the, the second or third headquarters of Amazon. Really? Yeah. They. They. They can't be beat with that same day. Mm-mm. No, I love it. And you get to see the car come in on the map. And it's like, it's just <laughs> good job on that one. I give it to them. But yeah, there's a lot more to be done. And I'm pretty sure Amazon is just getting started. Yeah. It just feels like it. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, now, towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 rapid questions that I got from um, Inside the Actor Studios, hosted by James Lipton. And I honor the toast since he passed away a few years ago. And yeah. the first question is, what is your favorite word? Oh, this is rapid fire. I'm supposed to be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite word. That part, but that's two words. Um, period. period. I say period. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite word? Can't. 
What turned you on in life? Family. What turned you off in life? Fake. Being fake. Mm-hmm. What sound or noise do you love? Rain. What sound or noise do you hate? Car honking. Mm, so yeah, New York City was... Yeah. <laughs> New York exactly. City got annoying for you a little bit, exactly. huh? Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially like five in the morning. Like, what are you honking at five in the morning? Like, for? for no reason. Are the alarms going off? Like, please mm-hmm. control yourselves in these mm-hmm. streets. Not uh, add people yelling in five in the morning too as well. It's like, what oh the fuck yeah, are you yelling at like, those people. Living. Gotta have things thrown at them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I hated Harlem. It's because people at five in the fucking morning would just yell. Yeah, it's like, yeah I mean that's why. So l- listen, I was grateful where, where I grew up in Queens. So I was on a quiet block, so mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. Now, when I moved out on my own, and I lived in different parts of Queens, or when I moved to Jersey City, people just. They, people are not right. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. You know it's four o'clock in the morning. Why? Why are you making all yelling? This yeah, yeah. That's why I like Forest Hills. Super quiet yeah. neighborhood. Love it. Love yeah. it over there. Uh, you hear birds chirping out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, right. One of those. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite curse word? Shit. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Cooking. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, cleaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously you believe that heaven exists because the question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, well done. Mm-hmm. Any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs and where can they follow you on the social? Yes, I'd like to obviously shout out Complex. Um, they are my, not my new family. I've been there for a while, but I just rejoined them. I'm very happy to be back with them. I definitely have to shout out my sister, Nandy, who helped me down in talent game. Um, hmm. Kristen, Mercedes, Breeze, Marquetta, uh, Yomi. I'm just naming all the people that helped me get to where I am now. Um, shout out to Adma. That's my homie. And you can follow me on everything, Ant Boog, A-N-T-B-O-O-G. And on Twitter, it's the real Ant Boog because there's a fake one on there. So spelled correctly, the T-H-E-R-E-A-L-A-N-T-B-O-O-G. I'm rarely on Twitter, so you don't have to follow me there. But hit me up on IG. Mm-hmm. I, t- I respond to people. I'm not industry and I ignore people. I respond. You might not like my response, but you will get a response. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for, you know allowing me to be on your platform and, and Thank you. speaking with me, you know, I've been, I've been, once you reached out, I, obviously I did my research and looked at who you've been talking to. And I really think it's dope what you're doing. And I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, all right, guys, this is another episode of intuitive minds podcast. Peace. <laughs>